0: You're listening to the Rob Review podcast. Evan Rob and Laura Rob share their thoughts and opinions on teaching, learning, and leadership. And now, the Rob Review podcast with Evan and Laura.
1: Welcome to the Rob Review podcast. This is Evan Rob and I am joined today with Laura Rob.
0: Pleasure to be here working with you again, Evan.
1: Laura, it's great to have some time together to have a conversation and today our conversation is going to be practices of schools that work so we're going to be talking about particular things that you and I have observed over the years that effective schools seem to have in place Uh, but to begin with I of course have had some experiences with some ineffective schooling over the course of of my uh, career my memory of something really ineffective goes back to when I was in elementary school and when I was in elementary school the office staff they were very, very mean people. And I remember being terrified to go into the office because uh, it appeared that it was a tremendous inconvenience whenever I went in there to ask any questions. So as much as possible, of course, I would avoid the office. But fortunately, those days are gone for me. I have an office staff now that's wonderful uh, to everyone that enters into their office. And we'll be talking about some of these things here in a little bit, but Laura, to begin with you, how about if you share your, an idea Of something that you see in effective schools.
0: Yes. Um, One thing I see in effective schools is that when students are in the class, teachers are never in their desk. If they're not actively thinking aloud or modeling a lesson and students are working or practicing, the teacher is doing what I call making the rounds, circulating among students, asking them if they need help, noticing something that they're doing that's working well and giving them positive feedback. It's a short one to two minute connection between the teacher and her students that keeps that positive flow uh, within the classroom.
1: So you're, you know, that's wonderful. When you're talking about the teacher being a coach, being a guide, being a supporter, and actively moving around the classroom versus staying in one static place.
0: Absolutely. And, and this is not in place of conferring, but this is a different kind of conferring. It's always watching and noticing, but in short time frames. A conference is about five or six minutes. These little exchanges are one to two minutes.
1: Thank you, Laura. You know, and you're, this is a really good opportunity for us to get together. We, we love to share our ideas, and yours are focused a little bit more on the classroom. Mine are going to be focused a little bit more on the school from the principal's perspective. But, of course, we'll probably blur a little bit together as we move through this podcast. Um, my number one is going to relate back to the story that I shared in the beginning, which is friendly, energetic, passionate, positive people as part of the staff of the school that's the office staff that's the teachers you know positive people will always attract positive people Uh, negative people will always attract negative people to them and it is tangible and palpable when you walk into a building and people are unhappy but the opposite is absolutely true also Um, You can absolutely sense when people are happy to be in school and happy to be at work, and that will always have a positive impact on the learning of children and also classroom environment, of course, the school environment as a whole.
0: I couldn't agree more, Evan. Nobody wants to have that downer feeling of, um, of the Grinch in the classroom or the Grinch in the front office because it is intimidating, and then it affects your feelings as well. And we want students to remain positive all through the day, which means that the teacher has to set the example or the office sets the example. Or,
1: or the principal. Or the, you pr- definitely a, the you, principal. As you and I have said before, a smile is something that works anywhere on the planet. And there is research that supports you know, kids who are younger smile a lot more than adults. And there's something that we can think about when when, when we hear that and something to make us reflect. Um, But smiling is a wonderful thing to bring into a classroom, it's a wonderful thing to bring into a school, and I certainly encourage everyone to just smile a little bit more.
0: Not only smiling, but having a good sense of humor. Uh, And I can tell a very quick story because I was in class last week and this little boy has a crush on one of the teachers I'm teaming with. And he went up and he proposed to her And and she started turning red. And I said to him, you know, you could really make your teacher feel great. And he said, how? I said, by really working hard on your reading and improving. That will be your gift to her. Okay, which takes me to my second point. Uh, Using inquiry as the basis for driving learning. Uh, Inquiry learning invites the children to ask questions, um, the questions that drive a study of a book, that drive a study in science, in history, in math. Um, This makes the learning relevant because the learning really builds on their wonderings. It also shows that we value their thinking and what they are want to learn, instead of it being questions from a program, uh, questions from a unit, uh, a purchased unit, or questions the teacher spends time making up. It's not about our questions. This is about the children. It's about their questions. You
1: know, the concept of all learning begins with a question is not something that's relatively new. That's been around since uh, many, many, many years. Um, It's certainly something to think about excellent point Laura my point is non-traditional learning spaces within a school I think that and I've shared actually shared this with my staff um, recently in education there are schools in America where someone could be transported from a hundred years ago and they could come into the school and they would know what to do take my grandparents for example they were 12 years old in 1917 if they were transported to 2017 in many schools, not all, but in many schools, they would know that they need to walk into the classroom, they need to find a row to sit in, they need to sit down and be quiet, and they need to wait to be told what to do. The, the, uh, rows tend to lead themselves to traditional instruction within the classroom. Um, they do not tend to lead to the type of instruction that you're, you're talking about when you're talking about inquiry opportunities for students. I think it's important not only to look at how the space is arranged within a classroom or a school, but also how the instruction coincides with that space. Because remember, kids sitting in groups doing the exact same thing that they did in rows is not innovation, and that's not an effective thing. So you want What we want to look for is innovative spaces and then innovative teaching and innovative activities that are in partnership with those spaces.
0: Absolutely, Evan. And you know, a lot of times you're going to find that there are three or four different spaces uh, within a class block because students are involved in different learning experiences. So my third thing is noticing. I'm really big on noticing. And I talked about making the rounds uh, during the class, but um, I use noticing uh, in two ways in the classroom. If a student answers, instead of saying excellent or terrific, I would say something like, I notice you were able to take this information and make an excellent inference. Or, I noticed that you were able to revise the content of your writing so that I hear a very strong voice. We want to tell them what they're doing that is well. But I stop class about three or four minutes before the bell rings, and I notice things that happened all period long, positive things, um, so that the students leave on a high. Sometimes I ask the kids, do you have something to notice? This last week, one student said, I noticed that some of the students asked if they could take a book home over the holiday. That's the kind of thing we're looking for. What kids are doing well, what's working, we want to reinforce and bring to the forefront of that room.
1: I think that's a really powerful point, and I love how you really bring the specific praise, you know, into that conversation. So it's not just simply saying to the whole class, you all are brilliant, everyone is fabulous. It's getting very, very specific and giving that specific feedback so kids know exactly where they're improving. Um, and, and I think that helps, that helps foster improvement within the classroom.
0: It does. And it shows what the teacher values in student behavior, attitude, and work.
1: Now here's my final one that I'm going to share. And I got this idea when I was in the bookstore recently. And I was in a bookstore, and I noticed that the bookstore had a self-help section. And then I realized that most bookstores have a section of books called self-help. But I have not seen a bookstore that has a section called help others. And help others is what effective leadership is all about. It's, It's a core principle to me. And I'm very interested in how the principal and how the department leaders and teacher leaders in the building are helping other people within the building grow and develop their capacity as a learner and develop their capacity as a leader. The top-down type of leadership will not lead to a school where innovation and creativity uh, develops. Um, at best, it's going to exist in pockets if that's a type of leadership. But leadership that is focused on lifting others, that's focused on setting an environment where people feel comfortable to take risks, where people are comfortable to be creative, where people are encouraged to be innovative, that sets the stage for really amazing things to happen within a building.
0: Absolutely, Evan. And you know what? It becomes a model for students. When students see uh, staff helping each other, being supportive, being positive, they in turn will start adopting and internalizing those kinds of behaviors.
1: Yeah, you know, within a school, you know, you can have the leader or you can have the leader amongst leaders. And the leader amongst leaders is a much more interesting model. It speaks to a flatter organization, an organization that's focused on empowering and I believe an organization or school that will become much more effective. Laura, we are about to wrap up this podcast, so I'd like to thank you for spending some time with me today as we talk to our audience about positive changes that we like positive things that we like to see happening within schools
0: i couldn't agree more and i think that these are things that are not difficult to bring to a school but they need to be discussed among staff you need to reflect on them and then you need to take the plunge and try some of these
1: laura thank you very much this is evan rob again for laura rob the rob review podcast
0: We hope you enjoyed the Rob Review Podcast. Check out our blogs at therobreviewblog.com and tell a friend. Thanks again and see
1: you next time.